Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, guys? Happy to be here. My man, good to have you here. It has been some time since we uh, we were able to speak, and now you're here on the podcast, The Combining of Worlds, man. Uh, glad to have you. This is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. <laughs> Honor. Yeah. Good to add another man to the group. Another man oh. to the group. That's what this group was missing, is men. <laughs> friend of Jared is a friend of mine, especially if it's a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually a pro-feminist podcast here. We just, uh, no women want to talk to us, so they don't come on the show. <laughs> but uh, Wes, it's great to have you here, man. Uh, before we get into this, we're talking 90s movies tonight and uh, don't want to waste time with, you know, our personal stories. But can you kind of talk about, like, your your a brief synopsis of your musical journey up to this point and how you kind of came to this solo career and ended up doing the music for Maze and Brew? Yeah. Um, let's see the 32nd bar pitch. So I've been actively pursuing music as a, like, like a career path, if you will, for the better part of the last ten, uh, 10 years, starting in Chicago. When I moved there after college, uh, linked up with the band there for a few years that didn't work out. Um, got linked up with my band here in Maryland, which was Fiction 20 Down at the time, who, who you're familiar with. Um, kind of did a, a leap of faith moment uh, when I was 25. Quit the corporate job in Chicago, packed my bags, moved out here, and we, we hit the road pretty hard for the first couple years. Things didn't work out for many reasons uh, in that in that band, but uh, the, the crew and I, we stuck together and reformed as Big Infinite. Uh, which which officially launched in, in 2016. And then um, and after a few years of that, it, it was um, kind of inevitable that I, I needed to satisfy my own 
like creative path and, and sort of like take it all by the all the wheel, like have full control, uh, different styles, create, you know, creative styles, musical genres, all that. So um, it's been really fun. And that that's like almost just a little over a year old. And I put out four singles. Uh, the most recent one was out two weeks ago. Um, been able to collaborate with my musical heroes, other band friends. Uh, now I'm working on a new live set. It's like an instrumental DJ set. Um, I'll be start touring out with that this summer. More music on the way, more collaborations already in the bag uh, waiting. So it's been like, honestly, in one year, I've had more satisfaction and more fun and like honestly made more fans and like I think advanced my my career more in this first year than like I have in the last several, to be honest. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you made the decision to branch out on your own because it seems to be working out for you. I mean, in a lot of different ways, you know, intrinsically, monetarily, uh, creatively. Um, where are you going to be touring, like regionally around the area? Yeah, so uh, my first show, I'm gonna I'm gonna ease back into that whole circuit. So I'm gonna start local. Um, and the and the cool thing with with having a lot of the responsibilities I had in the band was I, I made I booked a lot of the shows. I did a lot of the management. So like those relationships remain, and, and they're they're ready to have me. They they've been waiting for me to to start playing out again. So uh, I'm gonna start with like some easy local shows with like bands I'm friends with and promoters I know. Um, see how they go and then, um, branch out. Like I'll, I'll, I'm trying, I'll do the DC area as well. Baltimore, DC, that's close enough. Um, Philly even, um, working on some dates there. So, some mid Atlantic to start. And then, um, you know, if, if I feel like the, the set is resonating with people and I, and I have something that I could potentially take further, um, then sky's the limit. I mean, I'm doing like a DJ set, so I, I don't have a band yet. So uh, I'm very transportable. So like I'm hoping eventually long term I'll be able to do like what they call fly dates where, uh, you know, let's say I get a, a festival in Denver, um, big festival slot on a Saturday or something, fly out Thursday, maybe get some local gigs like Friday or Thursday, do the big show Saturday, you know, selling up to these bad boys or these T-shirts I'm wearing um, and, you know, what a, just enough to cover my costs. If I could do that to start, you know. That that could be something, but dude, that's well, awesome. I mean, you and I, we 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 go way back, so we've discussed kind of your musical career, and I love the way that it's trending, and uh, just with bigger artists and bigger and better with every song. We're definitely gonna, you know, look for Wes's links to to his music. They're in our um, on our Mason Brew website. Um, you know, you'll hear it. We're gonna play his new single at the end of this track. Many ways, it's dope. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but the music's incredible. <laughs> Um, but that being said, you know, we're an entertainment podcast and, uh, we, we want to branch out. We are branching out. Music is not really a territory that we've gotten into too much yet, but we are into movies and Wes and I grew up, you know, nineties babies. Um, you know, we grew up on some of the great movies and, uh, we're talking tonight about our favorite decade. I think all three of us really, uh, just as far as like a, a 10 year period, the 89 to 99 period or the 99 to 2000 period, however you want to look at it, or excuse me, the 90 to 2000 period, however you want to look at it, is filled with great movies. And uh, tonight, we, I mean, we want to talk about some of those great movies, but you can't touch them all. So Andy, kind of like walk us through our criteria of what we're looking for tonight. Okay, so we're going to break down the 90s year by year, beginning with 1990 and working our way forwards to 1999. 
And we're not talking Goodfellas, The Matrix, Fight Club, none of these obvious, just seminal films, you know, throughout history. We're talking about some of our favorites, like the rewatchable ones, the cult classics, these movies that are so shitty that they're great, that you always find yourself revisiting, that it's on cable, you always tune in. And, you know, some of them, you know, could actually be decent flicks. But a lot of times we like to rewatch the ones that, you know, don't require too much thinking, a little intellectually apathetic, if you will. I mean, I'm not hating on the plot of Batman Forever. It just makes no fucking sense. Um, <laughs> great no, soundtrack, though. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. And trust me, it's going to make an appearance on my list. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to work our way up from beginning with 1990. And uh, Jared, you want to start us off? Yes, absolutely. And I will add an amendment. Uh, this is a last minute amendment. After you give your movie choice, I want you to tell me if it's a good movie or just a good 90s movie and the fact that it's rewatchable. So, and yes, we understand that The Ringer does this exact same thing, but fuck it, we want to be like The Ringer. So, you're going to, you know, you're you're going to hear our version of it. So, we're going to start it off 1990. And uh I mean, honestly, I went back into the 80s and there's like every year if you go through it year by year, there's just hits after hits 1990 those where we're starting here's some of the movies that came out in 1990 home alone total recall hunt for red october back to the future part three die hard two tremors teenage mutant ninja turtles and arachnophobia uh there's obviously more those are some of the those are some of the notable ones that could kind of fall into that criteria uh wes you are our guest would you like to take your pick of a 1990s movie first you know, Jared, this one's a no-brainer for me. Let me tell you why. <laughs> um, it's the one I just saw most recently, and it, it was happened to be on um, Showtime, HBO, one of those premium channels. Premium keyword. Yes. Um, and that's arachnophobia. <laughs> Great choice. <laughs> Fine choice. My man JD, he's just transcended time and roles. JD Jeff Daniels. Um, I didn't know he got a nickname. I didn't know he was worthy. It's JD, baby. <laughs> Have you seen the newsroom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the newsroom. Yeah, um, arachnophobia, though. Um, and I'll try to make this quick. Um, I think it, it it really fits into like the theme of this podcast. It, it is like a real perfect blend of like campiness and like you know, like the exterminator character is just John this Goodman, slob who's just sort of like a cartoon character. JG, but at the same time, it scares you shitless. And it still does, because I just watched it a couple weeks ago, and it was fucking frightening. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And I, I think everyone, um, for the, the majority of the population, probably has an aversion to spiders, especially when they're in large colonies and invading your home space. <laughs> um, so, arachnophobia. What a fantastic choice, but let's not forget about how great John Goodman really is in that role. Let's not just gloss over that. Like, when he yeah, comes on uh, screen, the music just becomes this, like, bassoon-heavy, like, oh, 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 oh. and it's a horror movie. It's so campy. It's a great choice for this. Incredibly rewatchable. Uh, I couldn't go in the shower for about six years without checking yeah, the spout I to have, make sure. I've heard uh, rumors about a sequel in the works. Oh, for God's sakes, just come up with some got, new ideas, Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know if it was like confirmed or in the rumor mill on page six. I don't know. But. <laughs> that was like eight-legged freaks. They just combined Dawn of the Dead and Arachnophobia. Yeah. Dave Arquette drinking in a, like, a ditch somewhere, and they're like, here we go. <laughs> I think too much time has passed. Let, like, let it just let it sit be. in the vaults of history. It's like they're bringing back Bill and Ted. <laughs> 
you know, it's just like they're 50 and rich and like, they're, it's just not the same. Like I, I'll still watch it and I'll probably, you know, enjoy the nostalgia of it. But like, you know, let's, let's keep some new ideas going. I agree. Andy, your choice. Um, my choice was simple. Um, Hunt for Red October. This is a movie that is good and is just eternally rewatchable. Great Sean Connery, great Alec Baldwin, Sam Neill, James Earl Jones. I mean, what a great movie. We don't get good submarine movies anymore. We're the U571s of the world. Like, just give me some submarine action, put Sean Connery in it, and just take my money. I'm with you 100%. I mean, that's, that's a good point. There really aren't many submarine movies. Yeah, I mean, shit, we got, we got a million superhero movies. Uh, I forgot to ask you, Wes, is Arachnophobia a good movie or just a good 90s movie? I think it's a good '90s movie. I would agree. Uh, and for Hunter, uh, does it hit, hit all the bullet points of what makes no. like a uh, 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 quality movie that sort of like hits you in your soul? No, certainly does not hit you in your soul. I mean, it hits me in my fear nerves, but like that's yeah. that's easy. That's yeah. a, that's like it's like low hanging fruit. Agreed, Andy. What do you think about Hunt for Red October? Well, I think it's a good movie. I think besides the fact that the submarine genre is kind of, you know, I guess played out in Hollywood's minds, not our minds, because, you know, we think very highly. Um, but no, it's just a good movie. It is. Those, good. those actors are all, like, really good actors. So, like, you know, I think that is an undervalued uh, cast and in, in movie and got overshadowed because of how successful the other movies in their careers uh, became. Yeah, and honestly, one of the best Jack Ryan movies, too, so... I mean, it, it really kicked things off, and uh, Alec Baldwin, one of his best roles. So, I agree. Uh, my movie, this was a no-brainer. The history of no-brainers. I think I've talked about it for six straight podcasts. Tremors came out in January of 1990. Uh, this is a pro-Tremors podcast. Um, if for no other reason is that I think it's one of the greatest, most slept-on movies of all time. I'm not going to get into too much more detail, because... Literally, they're going to kick us off the air if they're just like, uh, we, we've recorded the amount of time you've spoken about Tremors. Uh, it's unusually high. Uh, we're, we're becoming concerned. But uh, that, that let, means... Let us not overlook, this is Tremors 2, so it's not, you know, Tremors, but let us not forget one of the most quintessential movie quotes in movie history, and that is, Jared, would you lead it off? It's a Graboid situation. I mean, it's one of the greatest, but it's an in-context quote. The original Tremors has infinitely quotable moments. Kevin Bacon, prime Kevin Bacon. You're talking yeah, prime. Burt Gunner, Reba McIntyre's in it. Uh, every role is hilarious, and it really fits into the spirit of this podcast because it's funny, at times scary. Like, I was afraid to walk outside a pavement for a while because of Tremors, so it really fits in with Arachnophobia and some other movies yeah, on this right. list. But it's also just, like, incredibly enjoyable, extremely quotable. It's like, I mean, Kevin Bacon, like, I mean, knock cold my ass. He's dead. Fuck you. I said, fuck you. I mean, Kevin Bacon, nobody else could have done it. Nobody could have done it. I'm going to have a Tremors tattoo before it's all said and done. Amen. Amen. All right, Ron so. Underwood, the director of that movie, needs to make a comeback and make another sequel because his last directorial film credit 
is in the mix with Usher, which wow. was such a colossal pile of dog shit, he stopped directing afterwards. <laughs> tough, tough scene. Hate to see it. <laughs> you really hate to see that, and that's definitely a strange mix. It's just like, well, we really won big with underground worms that were eating people. Time to get Usher Let's in there. Let's go to the urban community. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to Brooklyn and see if we can Let's really tackle it. that community. Let's get it, boys. All right, we're moving to 1991. Uh, 1991, things honestly just get better, especially early in the 90s. Uh, but uh, I think I took us through the last one. Andy, you want to take us through the 1991 movies? 91, the year of my birth, all right? We have Terminator 2, Judgment Day, in my opinion, the best Terminator. Uh, Point Break, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where Kevin Costner phones in an accent for a few lines. Um, Hook, The Adams Family, Backdraft, and I already touched on my choice in there. It's a good 90s movie. It's actually a pretty bad movie on rewatch, but that's Hook. Hook is awesome in so many ways. Dustin Hoffman is throwing heat in this movie, um, but I do want to kind of veer to the side. Of, I want to be on Captain Hook's side. You know, I'm, I'm against child abductions in principle, but mm-hmm. in this case, like, you know, he abducts this kid. He kind of sucks, so he's kind of doing him a favor. Jack's a brat this whole time. He's just a brat. Like, he's just a ratty little kid who complains the whole time. His dad comes and saves him, and he's such a wang about it. He's like, oh, my dad's lame. You've been abducted by magical pirates in a space land, <laughs> and your lawyer father is trying. Give him a break. Great <laughs> little shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, great Glenn Close cameo, by the way. She's the person that gets put in the boo box dressed as a man and fed to scorpions, which terrified me for years. The boo box. Um, yeah, I mean, great choice. I mean, uh, the guy who plays Shmee, uh, his name is escaping me, but he's an incredible actor as well. Um, yeah, you got Robin Williams throwing heat. It's his, Steven Spielberg's lowest rated movie on IMDb, but honestly, I think it ages well because it's funny. Like, the cast is absolutely stacked. Uh, great choice. A rewatchable movie that, uh, Bob Hoskins plays me, but yeah, rewatchable movie. I'm for it. Wes, any thoughts? Um, at the risk of getting kicked off this conversation, I either haven't seen it all the way through, or it's just been so long that, um, that movie, uh, escapes my memory, but happy to, to pivot on to what my choice is. Please do. Go ahead, sir. Uh, and this is a tough one. But I'm going backdraft. Oof. Someone had to. Um, I mean, Kurt Russell. I mean, what a man. I mean, the the box top haircut, the Levi jeans with the uncollared shirt tucked in, the Budweiser. I mean, Chicago. Um, and I actually just saw the sequel. Netflix released a sequel to it, like, this year, and I saw it, and it sucks. Of course it But sucks. I think I'm going to put backdraft in actually a decent movie. Um, there's some campiness, no doubt to it, but, um, you know, my dad was a firefighter, so I was kind of surrounded that growing up. So there's, um, you know, sort of that nostalgia, you know, throwback factor, uh, used to live in Chicago. It was set in Chicago. So, you know, that's, that's a cool thing for me. Um, backdraft. Backdraft. You have characters by the name of Bull shadow and there's billy baldwin i mean what more do you want yeah billy that son of a bitch that son of a bitch it le- like the fourth best baldwin at best <laughs> but yeah uh, 
a great movie. No, I think you're right. I think it is a good movie. Heroes in it. I mean, the cast is pretty pretty slam dunk. Um, you know, arson is real. Gotta arson. watch out, <laughs> guys. Guys, let's, your neighbor could be an arsonist. You don't know. Let's stay on our guard here. Um, <laughs> abs- absolutely a great movie, but also just fits in with the campiness. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely fits in with the campy, like you know, rewatchable '90s flick. One of the most more underrated handsome, movies. More handsome at their peak. Kurt Russell or Harrison Ford? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. We're talking Harrison like uh, too I like my men gritty. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Harrison Ford isn't like a pretty boy by any means. I was like Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Is yeah, that, I, he's a gritty scholar. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I honestly gotta go Han because it's a little more the unconventional handsome with with Harrison Ford. So I'm gonna go Harrison. I'm gonna change it up. Kurt Russell's just too beautiful. Whereas Harrison Ford, he's got the scar. Like you're like, oh, he could be one of my friends. Yeah, uh, I, like I can't argue Ford's that. The, but hey, preferences are guy. preferences. He's like the handsome guy in the corner of a bar that you know he's just seen some shit. Yeah. Like you're gonna have a great conversation. Kurt Russell, you know, it's like you're just gonna hang out with him, standard good time, but he's just gonna be so beautiful he takes all the attention. Right. He's like the John Elway of that, just like the pretty California <laughs> boy. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh great choices. Andy, we didn't ask you, is Hook a good movie or a good nineties movie? Good nineties movie, no question. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'd, I'd say there's maybe a little bit more deliberation, but yeah, it's mostly just a good 90s movie. Uh, for me, okay, so we've touched on some good ones. Adam's Family is definitely an honorable mention because I rewatch it a ton. Raul uh, Julia as uh, Gomez Adams, one of the best castings ever. Actually, it's an incredibly cast movie. But I'm going to go point break here. Uh, you get early Keanu Reeves, peak Patrick Swayze, Catherine Bigelow directs, and uh, it definitely falls into this just absurd movies that uh, shouldn't be good because it's but because it's done in the 90s and like we're all just having fun and enjoying the ride. It works. Point Break works. Go put it on right now and you'll enjoy it. You will not think of it as a like quality movie, but you're going to enjoy the ride guaranteed. It's a total bro film. I mean, like, you know, it's just you just love to see it. Yeah, doesn't Anthony Kiedis play a surfer named Warchild? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey also plays an FBI agent, so say no more. Yeah, yeah. Busey is all time in that. Busey is one of the most outlandish characters of all time, just oh as God. himself. You, you and could do a whole episode of Busey, and to be honest, if you reached out to him, I bet he'd join, join in on it. My buddy Justin just was like filming a movie with him and ended up becoming friends with him. His entire Facebook feed is him and Gary Busey doing random shit. <laughs> I shit you I not. Love, I would love to get have a, a night out on the town with Busey. He's up there. Him or Charlie Sheen? Who you taking on a night out on the town? That's so tough. I'm going Busey. He's just a loose cannon. Sheen is like too douchey about it. Busey's like that's his life. Like that's just he's Busey about that life. Busey. Like you're you're getting the real authentic version of himself. Sheen just has a little layer of uh, pretentious pre- pretentiousness maybe to him. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Would love to hang out. But I doubt it. I feel like I'm getting. I gotta weigh this out. See, I feel like I'm getting like three really hardcore hours with Charlie Sheen, but it's gonna fuck up my next five years. Yeah. Um, with Busey, I feel like I'm getting a good relationship with a few bumps in the road, but it's gonna be like thirty years along. You're gonna wake <laughs> up the next day and be like, "Oh, that was awesome." That was Whereas great. Sheen, you're gonna be like shaking and sweating violently and being like, "I'm dying." Yeah, but fifteen. And- yeah, fifteen years later, you're on a fishing trip somewhere in the in the Key West. So. 
right. Yeah, good stuff, fellas. All right, so we're moving on. 1992, uh, I think it is my turn to run us through this, yes? Yep. All right, so 1992, shit really starts to kick into form here. We got Wayne's World, Batman Returns, Under Siege, White Men Can't Jump, Home Alone 2, Sneakers. I don't know if anyone's even seen that one, but I put it on there. Army of Darkness, Dead Alive, what a back-to-back there, and Captain Ron. All right, boys. Uh, Wes, you want to start us off? I mean, dear God. I know. It gets tough. I mean, there's just so many classics that... So I'm going to just eliminate the ones that I, I genuinely think are just great movies for various reasons, and those are Wayne's World, Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. All right. And white men can't jump. Okay, all right. Batman Returns is questionable, but yeah, uh, I'll give you the questionable on Returns, but I don't know. I just remember it being like as like a comic book movie. I think it's like more on the higher tier. Yeah, but I'm with you, your choice though. Uh, uh, yeah, for the theme of this podcast, uh, since I think Jared, you and I, among some of our friends, like maybe 15 years ago, all watched this together and just laughed our asses off. Dead alive. I knew you'd choose that, and I knew that would be your reasoning. The most insanely grotesque, overtly violent, no storyline. I don't even know if there's a dialogue. It's just violence and (laughs) mutants. And lunacy, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's It's directed by Peter Jackson. It is just, like, so fucking out there that, like, it's just hilarious. I remember, I forget what scene it was. I want to watch this now. Like, I remember we were all just, like, probably teenagers, just rolling, crying, laughing at, at this one scene. Like, I kick ass for like, the Lord. <laughs> like the one where the, they take a, a push mower, lift it up, blade facing out, and just run through a, a crowd field of zombies. Of mutants and just heads are flying. It's yeah. yeah, it's perfect. No doubt, Peter Jackson's best movie. Peter Jackson, Academy Award winner, directed that, and at one point, a man's face pusses out into a custard, and he quotes. <laughs> I haven't had a good custard in years, and then eats the pus-filled custard. That's Peter Jackson for you, folks. God damn it, I love the 90s. <laughs> great I choice. Mean, you just don't get that type of artistic ingenuity these days. You do not, and that's a great choice. Um, yeah, you've already said everything there is to see. Dead Alive, get stoned if you're allowed to, and even if you're not, and watch it. What are your, what's your choice, Jared? Uh, oh, I'm next on this one, huh? All right, so go we'll go ahead, 1992. Sir. I'm going to go Under Siege. Uh, nice. I have to do it as a Navy man. I The last year I was in the Navy, I, I was just ready to get out, and I, uh, I became a cook because I was like, I'm done with this shit. So I, for a year, I was a cook in the Navy, and if there's not someone who like embodies what you just want to be as a sailor more than... Steven Seagal's character in Under Siege. It's over the top. It's essentially Die Hard on a boat. Steven Seagal couldn't act like if you held a gun to his head, but it doesn't matter because it's the 90s and you're having fun and there's a girl, that chick from, uh, oh my God, it's one of the hottest chicks ever from the 90s. She's in like an Adam Sandler movie or something, but she comes out of a cake naked. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays the villain. He's basically the character he plays in Batman Forever where he's Two-Face, but it's wonderful. Under Siege. I I have nothing else to add to that. Any Steven yeah. Seagal movie, and I will just pay to see it because um, yeah. Fire Down Below, besides sounding like a fantastic porno film, was one of my favorite films of the '90s as well. Um, didn't make my list. It's '97, but Steven Seagal, that's all I need. Oh, I got you. I got you for the next one then. Um, 
my choices, a couple we haven't mentioned yet in 92. Um, honorable mentioned, uh, A Muppet Christmas Carol, big Muppets fan. Um, okay. A League of Their Own, mm. underappreciated yeah. Tom Hanks. Yep. And this isn't really like more or less my favorite. If I had to go with my favorite, it would probably be A League of Their Own. But I like shouting out dead genres. And the erotic thriller is dead. And Basic Instinct came out in 1992. And uh, it was right before Paul Verhoeven went and did Showgirls. But Basic Instinct kicks ass. Peak Sharon Stone, Mike Douglas is fantastic. The back and forth between those two. No, great movie, not rewatchable, but one you need to turn on because erotic thrillers don't exist anymore. The closest thing we get to that now is bad Jennifer Lopez movies. <laughs> Wes, your thoughts? Expand on that. Oh, man. I mean, that's a lot to digest. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll take this one. I'll pass um, it to you, Stormer. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've only seen Basic Instinct once, and it was just a masterpiece yeah, to Sharon that, Stone. I mean, I remember Basic Instinct, like, in, in the fashion you described it, um, Andy, <laughs> but I, I, I yeah. haven't seen it enough to really um, offer... I thought, I thought you saw it in the capacity that I saw it, which was just a masturbate to Sharon Stone. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, she probably made the spank bank back in the back. I, I, I mean, peak Sharon Stone, yeah, no doubt about it. God damn you both. All right, we're going to 93. Well, hang on a second, hang on a second. I got to know uh, good movies or good 90s movies. Wes, uh, we'll start with you and Dead Alive. I think I know the answer it's here. It's certainly not a good movie. <laughs> certainly not. Uh, for me, uh, I forget which, which choice I even freaking made Under on this. Siege. Oh, yeah, yeah. Under Siege is not a good movie. It's a good 90s movie. Uh, Basic Instinct is a good movie and randomly made $352 million at the box office. So, yeah, what a monster. What a monster. That's a, that's a stat. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You're taking us to 93. Andy, but I think you got to read this whole list of 93 just to illustrate. All right, buckle up, folks. This is a powerhouse <laughs> of a movie. Powerhouse year. <laughs> all right, as I should say, hold on to your butts. Um, Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Park, Groundhog Day. Dazed and Confused, The Fugitive, Mrs. Doubtfire, Cool Runnings, Tombstone, The Sandlot, True Romance, Sleepless in Seattle, Demolition Man, Cliffhanger, Hocus Pocus, Wayne's World 2, Coneheads, The Program, Last Action Hero. Wow. Woof. What a 90s, like that year encompasses. Every one of those you just said fits the criteria for what we're talking tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect list. And one of those is one of my choices. I got a, I got a twofer for you on this one. Hit me. I have Tombstone because, I mean, what more needs to be said? And secondly, I have The Three Musketeers. Ooh, wasn't even on that list, but The Three Musketeers is hella underrated. All right, hit us with your Three Musketeers breakdown. I mean, you get Chris O'Donnell back when everybody thought he was going to be, like, you know, the next Tom Cruise and take sure. over everything. You get Charlie Sheen at his prime. You get, was it Oliver Platt? Is that his name in Oliver this one? Oliver Platt's hilarious. He's hilarious. I mean, and who's the lead? I always mess up his name. Kiefer Sutherland? Kiefer Sutherland. I always say Chris Christopherson because I mess up my case. But, uh, yeah, great movie. Great Tim Curry villain in this. Tim Curry's an underrated movie villain. Um, just a classic story of D'Artagnan. I mean, peak 90s just like it's a 90s just adventure flick it gets you from point a to point b not much changes the young hero grows into the hero he's meant to be and it's a great ride i love it wes uh, your thoughts on that and then your movie 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, shout out to Tim Curry. I mean, what a just a little weasel. <laughs> <laughs> the finest weasel that ever, like him or Steve Buscemi. And um, so Tim Curry is in a movie. I'm going to add to the list that um, might be a, a solid candidate for 95, which we'll get to um, shortly. But he plays a, uh, a weaselly type guy in that 95 flick um, that we'll get to. But yeah, um, excellent choice. Um, while I'm talking, I might as well get into mine. Um, Sleepless in Seattle, baby. Whoa, a little upset there. I fucking love Sleepless in Seattle. Let's hear it. Get a little personal with you. Um, I was <laughs> in Seattle recent. I was uh, in Seattle a couple weeks ago, and uh, was recently single. So I was feeling a little extra vulnerable. I'm like. I relate to Tom Hanks. I get it. I get I'm, it. I'm, I'm sleepless in Seattle, quite literally. <laughs> oh, my Very God. Uh, I love it, man. We talked about it in our breakup movies. It is, yeah. It's a quintessential movie. It really is. It's a breakup movie. It's a getting back together movie. It's just a good movie. Rob Reiner, man. And what, uh, what I appreciate about movies like that in that era in the 90s are those those main characters, those main actors, those movie stars? You didn't have to be a, a, a ten out of ten on the attractiveness. Tom Hanks is your average guy. Sure. Ain't nothing to call home about. No, you settle down me. over there, okay? <laughs> you know, you know, maybe he's ugly. I don't know. Whoa! Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, not on this podcast. You want this to end right now? <laughs> we'll turn this shit off. We'll turn it off. Oh, but that's great. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not usually uh, into rom-coms even to just laugh at. They typically annoy me. Um, but so I think it was the right time, the right place, and the right people. It really was, man. And that one hits because, like you said, the main characters are likable. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks at their peak. I mean, you got two of the most likable leads. Chemistry was real, even though they share the screen for all of, I don't know, a minute and a half in that movie. Uh, I love that you went with that choice because it, it was it's tough for me to make a choice on this one. Obviously, Jurassic Park is the quintessential 90s movie, um, but it feels kind of like low hanging fruit for us to even address that. The most yeah, quotable, that's... but I mean, we need to discuss it because it, 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 it's the quintessential movie of what we're talking about here. Campy has fun with itself, but is also like enjoyable and you can turn it on right now and it holds up. So I definitely right. have to talk Jurassic Park there. Um, and I'm not going to say The Sandlot because we've discussed that at nauseum in our, um, in our sports movies. I mean, and we've talked Dazed and Confused and party movies. Uh, so I'm going to go with The Fugitive. Uh, the Fugitive is, is I mean, there was Academy Awards one for it for, for Tommy Lee Jones, so you can't really say it's underrated, but people look back on it and maybe kind of scoff at that, like, oh, you know, he won it for The Fugitive, that's an action movie. Uh, it's not. It's an incredibly well-crafted thriller with great actors throughout. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, absolutely. That role, yeah. he was made to play that role. Um insanely rewatchable one of the movies that if i'm just hung over and i don't have anything to watch i'm just like well the fugitive hits every fucking time so, yeah um i'll take the words out of your mouth that's a good movie that's not just like a a, ni a 90s uh, campy rewatchable movie it's like a legit yeah. good movie it is a legit good movie so uh, what do you guys think for your movies good movies or just good 90s movies good 90s for me uh, for sleepless 
Uh, um, I would say good movie for Sleepless. I would I would disagree there. I would say a good movie. I think I'm with you. Yeah, yeah well, you're allowed to disagree, anyway. asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it's a it's a good movie in general. I think mine are more good '90s movies. The last hour of Tombstone's a goddamn disaster. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sure Tombstone is. really starts off strong though. But uh, oh yeah. Dude, I cannot believe we didn't talk about Val Kilmer for uh, Screen Stealers as Doc Holliday. That oh, was my yeah. name. Remember, that was my throwaway name for a band yeah. for years was Doc Holliday because Kilmer that was Doc Holliday was that was an all time performance. Yeah, Doc Holliday. I'll, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. So uh, Tombstone's questionable. What was your other movie? Uh, Three Musketeers. Also good 90s. I think we agree yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm taking us into 1994, which remained strong. We're peak 90s here. Uh, Pulp Fiction, we can probably just discard because we all realize that's a good movie. But we got Speed, Dumb and Dumber, True Lies, Ace Ventura, The Mask. What a year for Jim Carrey. Uh, Maverick, Stargate, D2, The Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, PCU, and The Shadow. Uh, Andy, I think you're up here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to two really underrated sports kids movies. D2, The Mighty Ducks, and Little Giants are just fantastic. Yep. Um, but my choice for this year is Maverick. Might be my favorite Mel Gibson movie. The movie is just downright hysterical. Like the scenes with Joseph and the Indians, everything with Jodie Foster, the twists and turns, James Garner. Um, who's the other actor that plays the Admiral? Off the top of my head, I can't think of his name. Oh, man. I've seen it a million times, but it's been a hot minute. I'm surprised you picked that one. I wasn't ready to discuss Maverick. I love Maverick. Yeah, I'm, I, I am not prepared for Maverick. <laughs> James Coburn. James Coburn. That's who it was. Um, no, great card movie. Great villain. Uh, Alfred Molina playing Angel. Uh, no, the movie's fantastic. One I often forget, but every time it's on, I'm like, damn, this is really good. I love that and, movie. Uh, yeah, Maverick's in there. One of my all-time rewatchable movies. I'm rewatching that shit tonight now that you mentioned it. I put it on the list, and I was like, man, I haven't watched this in a decade. But when it came out, I watched that shit all the time. <laughs> I have such a hearty list of when I have for those rainy days. Oh, yeah. Like, it's tough uh, to pick Yeah, I'm never going to be wondering what I need to watch you're, now. Yeah, you're hungover on a rainy day, and you're like, well, let oh, me watch one of the rewatchables. And then you pull up this list, and you're like, fuck, I need to see a lot again. I two days. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, Great choice. I'm glad that you chose that one. I didn't quite expect you to go that route, but I'm fucking happy that you did. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with, man, there's a lot there. Actually, Wes, why don't you go, and I'll take what's left. Yeah, this, this is uh, so far of the 90s, the toughest uh, year for me. Um, because there's so many that are like kind of like ubiquitous. Everyone's seen them, like the Ace Venturas, uh, the Dumb and Dumbers. Like, yeah. You're going to waste everyone's time talking about that. Yeah. Everyone that was somebody in the 90s can quote that like start to finish. If you're to somebody, day, so. you can quote Ace Venture. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. So I'm going to go. I have a feeling this is what you were going to pick, Stormer, but I'm going to pick it anyways. Do it. And that's the mask. Ooh, it's not what I was going to pick, but I'm for it. Oh. Um, just because I think it, it, I didn't even realize it came out the same year as Ace Ventura, which is absolutely insane. What I mean, year. what a introduction and transition from tv to the big screen for uh jim um yeah uh it's not as funny as ace venture i don't think but it's still fucking hilarious and it's cartoonish it's like kind of awful but you love it yeah. um i forget do you guys know was that before or after ace ventura 
tough to say, but I mean, I imagine you're filming pretty much right after one after yeah. the other if they're in the same year. Hopefully but I think it, it went Ace Ventura, then The Mask. Something tells me it's after because I would guess they probably want to capitalize on the, the it on is. Yeah, Ventura. Ace Ventura was the breakthrough role. Mask was yeah. just afterwards. So, I mean, they must have signed him before like that even came out and had success. Yeah. So they knew they were going um, with Carrie. But I still love it. It holds a place in my heart. Um, but definitely not a good movie, but uh, good for the 90s. I like it. And, uh, yeah, it's tough with comedies because they're all kind of campy. But that one does kind of fit the mold because it's especially campy. It's extremely yeah, yeah, like Way more extreme than even Ace Ventura, if that's possible. The Cameron Diaz in this movie is like 2001 Barry Bonds, though. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is his best analogy. I was going to say, like, a Wolf of Wall Street Margot Robbie. Like, there's no yeah, doubt yeah, that's the just, hottest woman just, on the planet. Just absolute dynamite. Yeah, she yeah Cameron Diaz never looked better. Like, that was the peak, and it's been downhill since. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, I thought you'd go with Speed or Stargate there, so I've kind of... So, I was, I, those were the other two I was looking at um stargate i don't i haven't seen it enough times to really <laughs> give it justice for this podcast episode and, well. and speed um i thought was another one of those like too popular to really go into it is but it really fits the mold of what we're talking here speed is yeah not a it, good totally, movie. it totally does speed is not a good movie and it's pete keanu reeves not really acting just kind of being keanu reeves there but it fucking works if speed's i hope on. you guys have um Speed 2 when that came out. Oh, I that, own Speed 2. Oh, with the boat? Oh, that's whoa. That's even more fitting for this podcast. I Speed. own Speed 2. It's so bad that it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. But for me, my choice is Stargate. I was very surprised that Andy hadn't seen that. I'm kind of surprised you haven't watched it a ton. Amongst some of my other uh, 90s movies fans, this is a extremely quotable one. Uh, you got Kurt Russell. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the cast doesn't really fill out. Like, David Spader doesn't really hold up as much, um, except for his role in The Office. But uh, it's it's funny, it's campy, but at the same time, well-done science fiction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's completely rewatchable. Kurt Russell's an absolute badass. I'm pretty sure the guy from 30 Rock from the Sun, who had the annoying voice, uh, French Stewart who's grinning like an idiot is uh is one of the characters and uh it's just it, it's pure 90s glory and a yeah. good science fiction movie and honestly i will say a good movie not just a good 90s movie i will say it's a good I'm a, movie I'm, I'm, a I'm a sci-fi sci yeah i'm, I'm a, a sci-fi sci flicks like that for sure so yeah i definitely i definitely back you on this one yep i'm with you uh andy did you already give yours a good 90s movie or not well, Maverick's just a good movie in general. There's no denying this. These are the Ooh, facts. I would say it's <laughs> arguable, and I love where your head's at, but yeah, yeah, I, I like Maverick as well. Yeah, so you can take your arguable, and you can shove it right up your ass, so this right. is a good movie. <laughs> Civility <laughs> is key here, as always. <laughs> All right, um, 95. Uh, 1995. Jesus um, Christ, look at 95. 95. Here's a murderer's row. Um... A lot of Tom Hanks, Kurt Russell discussions here, but this is Tom Hanks' kind of foyer in animated films, which ties into Toy Story 4 coming out this weekend. But sure. 95 had Toy Story 1, 7, The Usual Suspects, Braveheart, Heat, one of my personal favorites, Casino, 12 Monkeys, Jumanji, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Goldeneye, Tommy Boy, Friday, Billy Madison, Mall Rats. I mean, you get the picture. Desperado, Outbreak, Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal what a Kombat. flick. Mortal um, Kombat. 
Jared, you want to? Jared, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll go first here. Fuck. I mean, this is the hardest year to choose from because there's so many good '90s movies here. So I'm just gonna pick one and go with my choice. Uh, I'm gonna eliminate some of the Toy Story Seven, Usual Suspects, Braveheart, Heat. Those are all great movies. We all know yeah. what Billy Madison and Tommy Boy did. Friday. These are classics. So I'll go with a lesser known one. And ooh, to pick one of these lesser known ones, I saw one that I'm gonna go Goldeneye. Uh, not necessarily lesser known. I mean, it's a Bond movie. It was a huge release, but it was their reboot there in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, it went more serious with the Bond movies from where they had been with Roger Moore. But at the same time, campy, classic Bond, the best Pierce Brosnan Bond role. And honestly, top three Bond movie of all time. Um, you got Sean Bean as the villain. Um, just incredibly rewatchable. Honestly, I would say the most rewatchable of the Bond movies. Uh, spawned the maybe the best video game of all time. If right. you were, yeah, if you were a kid in 1996 and you weren't playing Goldeneye, you didn't have any friends. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Goldeneye here, boys. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent choice, and uh, it, it fits this podcast because it's as popular and, and successful as a movie it was. Nobody remembers Goldeneye for the movie. It's always the video game. So I think it. it gives it its extra credibility in the context of this podcast of like a sort of under the radar 90s flick. Yeah, not really under the radar, but at the same time, transformational. Really, like I don't think I'm the same person without Goldeneye. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Andy, your thoughts and your, or uh, Wes, actually, you want to hear your movie there? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I added one when we were talking about Tim Curry earlier. Uh, and before I mention that one, I want to give honorable mention to 12 Monkeys. Um, just a weird fucking movie, man. Yeah. Like, like what <laughs> yeah. the fuck is it about? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows to this day. Like, it's just so all over the place in different periods of time. And, um, and it, it, like, a lot of it took place in Baltimore. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to that. Um, and I love Bruce Willis. but And I actually do enjoy the movie. Like, I, I, I love it. But... I, I can't tell you what what's going on. <laughs> All right. God damn it, I like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. All it's right, just kind of like one of those super abstract, um, you know, would you call it sci-fi? Would you call it yeah, thriller? Yeah, sci-fi. It's sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi thriller with, you know, sort of a dystopian apocalyptic vibe, which I'm a sucker for. Sure. Brad um, Pitt's out of fucking control. He's out of pocket yeah. in that role. Yeah, but... um. I, I won't say 12 Monkeys is good, but uh, I love it. But the one I really wanted to, to, to shout out for 1995 is Congo. Ooh, that fits the fucking mold for this. All right, let's hear yeah. your justification. Yeah, your so rebuttal. I mean, it's like I saw it somewhat recently on Showtime, and it, and it was like everything I was hoping it would still be. Um, just... The 90s technology when they're trying to communicate in the Congo, the cheesiness, Tim Curry, like, yes, talking gorilla. Oh, my God. Uh, when uh, when, uh, when Tim Curry is eating the uh, sesame seed cake. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Homorka, why are you eating my sesame cake? Stop <laughs> eating my sesame cake. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I loved it as a kid, um, and I had the video game on PC, I had Jesus. the CD-ROM, if you guys remember that, I had a, a ball cap, Congo ball cap, 
there's still a Congo coffee mug at my dad's house. I, I drink Jesus. coffee out of every time I'm home. Um, just just something that I think is, is perfect for, for what we're talking about here. Not a good movie, but I love it. Yep. Andy. Okay. I've um, I've never seen Congo, but I'm what? a fan of anything Tim Curry's in. So um, you kind of sold me on the plot and Jared's. Yeah, that rendition, like, if, like, watch it as soon as you can, Andy, and and, and you, when that quote happens, you're gonna be like, "God damn, Storm is good." <laughs> Spot on. Like, I need no more convincing. Uh, you're welcome. All right, my pick is uh, quintessential '90s. It is not a good movie. In fact, the screenplay is one of the worst I've probably ever seen put to screen. Um, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, one of the best soundtracks of all time. It's Batman Forever. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I am a sucker for Val Kilmer as Batman. The screenplay is nonsensical. The acting is over the top and enjoyable. The plot is something to do with TV sucking your mind out. Um, random Nicole Kidman and Drew Barrymore. But no. I love this movie. A little Warriors vibe with some car racing with people in face paint because, you know, it's the grungy inner city. Um, no, the movie doesn't really make any sense at all, and I love every second of it. Love so, that. Love that choice. I think that is a perfect choice and a perfect summary. Um, and since, since I'm a musician, I, I want to give a shout-out to the soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack. Because this yeah. was, uh, I think this is when soundtracks really kind of had significance in, in the entertainment industry. Yeah, Space Jam um, was around that time, and Space Jam kind of followed up on that. I think it may be the same year, and, and huge soundtrack releases. Oh, yes. in the 90s for sure, with Boogie Nights, and then like Almost Famous in 2000. Like, this is confused. really the beginning of Um, Yeah, like Offspring is on the Batman Forever soundtrack, Nick Cave, Method Man, Sunny Day Real Jimmy Estate. Page. Oh, no, that's Godzilla. Fla uh, Flaming Lips. And the most beautiful man in this planet, Seal, Kiss from a Rose. I mean, if you listen to Kiss from a Rose and you're not emotionally moved, then fuck you. You don't have a soul. <laughs> like, you, you are soulless. What's your you problem? This no... is Seal speaking to you through through harmony. I mean, goddamn, that man is beautiful. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I feel like the for the fact that I'm uh, uh, – one sec here. Well, just remember that after Batman Forever, Joel Schumacher got to direct another Batman movie in Batman and Robin. We'll get to that in a second. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, I love Batman Forever, man. Like, it's, I mean, the cast is great. It's completely over the top. Um, Val Kilmer gets a lot of hate. A lot of hate. That post you had about the best Batmans, people are like, oh, they look over Val Kilmer because it's not a great movie. Val Kilmer did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. No. No, he just looked great in the movie and was fine as Batman. Don't ever give me George Clooney who pulled out a credit card in this film in his film. You no, have nipples on the bat suit. Yeah, say no more. I rest my case. Bat suit nipples. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I would say definitely not a good movie. Goldeneye, though. What do you guys think? Good movie or good night good. movie? Good movie. Good I'm movie. I'm taking it as a good movie. I, I rewatched it. It's got some campiness, but it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Wes? I haven't seen it enough to, to say, so I'll, I'll, I'll trust you guys on this one. Yeah, so it's it's, it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, you need to go back and rewatch that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it nearly enough times. Um, put your, really, put uh, your career on hold. you got some movies to watch. <laughs> all right, 1996. Uh, I'm going to list them all. Some of them, obviously, are going to be excluded, like Fargo. But uh, Happy Gilmore, Independence Day, Space Jam, The Rock, Ransom, Twister, Mission Impossible... From Dusk Till Dawn, Kingpin, 
Multiplicity, Tin Cup, The Ghost in the Darkness, Executive Decision, and Scream. 1996 is throwing fire again. Since I'm speaking, I'm going to go with mine because if someone takes it, I'll fucking end you, and that is Independence Day. Uh, probably, yeah. my, probably my all-time I, favorite. I just said that. It's probably my all-time favorite 90s movie. Uh, there's no reason it should be that good, but much like uh, Jurassic Park and Thor Ragnarok yeah. and some movies, you just get the casting right at the time, and it doesn't matter that the plot is asinine. It does not matter because Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, Randy Quaid, and Bill Pullman are going to pull you to the finish line. Uh, perhaps the most quotable movie for me, and I give the Independence Day speech every 4th of July, and I can deliver it with absolute accuracy every single time. Uh, greatest speech of our generation. There is no better speech. Uh, John F. Kennedy, sorry you have to suck it here. Um, I mean, that speech and the, the way you... you, you give it justice it's just uncanny i've never seen anything like it uh andy have you heard jared uh give his rendition of the independence day speech no because i haven't been in front of jared in person on independence day and i refuse to accept anything less i don't i was gonna say out of respect for our, out of respect for the troops let's let's not ask him to do it because it's not, not gonna do it now yeah for the troops well i fully expect that speech at least your ohio state game but um you know Rally everybody, get morale up. Um, great choice. Um, I want to give a shout out to Twister, Phil Hoffman, my favorite actor, just fantastic. Um, two choices for you again. I was kind of indecisive because the '90s are they kick ass. Um, Muppet Treasure Island, more Tim Curry love. Great villain, my favorite Muppets movie. Amazing soundtrack and Mars Attacks. They just don't <laughs> make them oh, like Mars they used to. Jesus, it Christ. is. Mars Attacks, Jack Nicholson playing dual roles. I mean, what more could you ask for? Animated Aliens. Uh, no, this film has everything that's great about the 90s. And uh, all, always rewatchable. Martin Short, Pierce Brosnan. The cast is crazy deep for no reason. Uh, Michael J. Fox is in it. Like, it's just absurd. Um, it's fantastic. It's just great. The Aliens are indelible in film history like they always stand out as one of the characters of the 90s absolutely yeah that's a great choice i was not expecting mars attacks out of all those ones that i said but uh i'm glad you at least mentioned twister but uh wes your choice um so i added this last second um scream scream is my choice i know that's um one of the more like mainstream ones which you know is what it is but it still holds. I mean, watch watch it tomorrow. I mean, Nev Campbell, what a 90s babe. I mean, I've just had a crush on her for so long. Nev, if you're listening. <laughs> I doubt it, but that would be that would certainly be interesting. Maybe she's a Michigan fan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, what's that guy? Matthew Lillard. Um, Skeet Ulrich. I mean, what a name. Skeet Ulrich. Skeet? Uh, David Arquette. Courtney Cox. I mean, the, the cast is just unbelievable. It's like classic Wes Craven. It's it's scary. It's funny. It's campy. It, it's everything you want in a 90s, 90s flick. And what's um, a fun trivia, I thought it was a case for the um, one movie we were talking about last year, but uh, the Scream soundtrack um, was supervised. Like the, the guy at the label who supervises the soundtrack 
uh, you know, organizes the contracts, get the playlists together, the artists together, was uh, my old band's manager, Jeff Rabin. Rabin, I remember Rabin. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so he was, uh, I, I looked up his uh, Wikipedia to make sure I had this right because I didn't want to give him credit if it wasn't due, but <laughs> um, he was, it looks like at this time, he was an A&R consultant and music supervisor. Um, he signed the pop trio Hanson, who we all know. He was there. That too. We all know his love. He's responsible for them, but he couldn't get my band a break, but somehow Hanson got a break. <laughs> well, they're better looking than <laughs> you guys. But it's all love, right? Um, and then this the Scream soundtrack. So, um, yeah. Good on him. That, yeah, I mean, to his credit, Hanson, uh, I thought, were females when they first came out. And, and I thought they very were, possible he thought the same thing. Yeah, so uh, maybe it's just some sick pervert who thought they were like hot little girls. Sick pervert. Uh, great choices. I'm so surprised that you guys went with Scream and uh, fuck. What'd you even go with, Andy? I don't even have it on my list. Mars, Mars attacks. Mars attacks. Don't even have on the list when we're passing over some of the best '90s movies in uh, Space the Jam, The Rock, Twister, From Dusk Till Dawn. And the Ghost in the Darkness and Executive Decision. So I have Ghost, to give a. Sh- Ghost in the Darkness was a close one for me. That's a hella that's a underrated. One. Andy and I were talking about that one off key. Um, yeah, I mean, so I can't give props to all those, but uh, Twister, quintessential '90s. Uh, Ghost in the Darkness is great, and Executive Decision. Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal in the same movie. Forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, but good choices. Terrorist would never win. Um, so for all of ours, I would say good 90s movies, not good movies. But Independence Day, maybe? I mean, it holds up. I, I, I say I, Independence I, Day I, good. Ooh, Wes? I'm going to say Independence Day is is not good. Okay. I'm going to say Independence Day is good. Um, because if not, that means I'm just an idiot who enjoys terrible movies. So, I mean, I keep um, rewatching. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But anytime, if you got Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum in the same alien spaceship. You've got a good fucking movie. <laughs> That's what you've got. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, I don't know. It I just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me as far as like what I look for in a super party. All right, all right, all right. 1997, the last year of just ringers for 90s movies. Uh, Andy, right, you got it? Right. I got it. Uh, Fifth Element, Boogie Nights, Men in Black, Austin Powers 1, Liar Liar, Air Force 1, Face Off, oh. Devil's Advocate, <laughs> The Game, Con Air, which deserves its own national holiday. Starship Troopers, Conspiracy Theory, uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, The Edge, Dante's Pink, The Saint, The Jackal, Event Horizon, and Volcano. That's a year. Fuck, man. What a year. Every one of those is a 90s movie. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, quite literally. Quite. (laughs) In the literal (laughs) sense and in the, yeah, in how we're talking. All right, Andy, let's hear it, buddy. Okay, um... I gotta throw you an honorable mention: Batman and Robin and Dante's Peak for me. I like them both a ton. They're just great '90s movies. Batman and Robin is one of the 15 worst movies I've ever seen, but I I I just love it. Like as soon as they're dressed as as soon as they're great, like in like big pink gorilla costumes, I knew this was going to be an all timer. And like you said, uh, what defeated the dinosaurs? The The Ice Ice Age. Age. Um, but my choice actually is uh, one of just the hunks in the 90s. That is Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle. Oh, um, 
just a slept on movie with John Cleese. The movie's more meta than I remember and more self aware. Recently rewatched it and uh, really funny. A lot more dog humor than I imagined, but um, Thomas Hayden Church is the villain Lyle, just the douchey, overbearing, rich, like fiance. No, the movie's fantastic. It's just hilarious. It's goofy. It's silly. Decent soundtrack, and I'm fine with it. I rewatch this movie yearly. I can't believe that's the one you went with out of all of those options. Yeah, that that caught me off guard. Um, it's not on the list of candidates, but um, it was one of the movies I don't even know if I've seen all the way through. No, I hated but... it. I'm so upset that you chose that. <laughs> you had all these movies that we could talk through. Like I, I'm willing to sit and talk through Starship Troopers for the next hour, and you hey, were George we're, of the we're Jungle. We're bound to hit a fork in the road at some point in this conversation. <laughs> well, we've hit it. I let you talk about Triggers for six goddamn weeks, and you. <laughs> for two minutes i hope I mean, that you've let's, got let's face it guys the 90s weren't all peaches and cream well you better clear some space in your next couple podcasts because tremors ain't going anywhere you fuck neither's <laughs> george of the jungle this is a pro brendan fraser podcast well we'll get there all right wes please give me a better fucking response than george okay, of the jungle okay so I'm gonna the, my final choice is gonna be what what's in in line with the podcast, but I want to mention some movies on here that I genuinely think are just quality movies that have stood the test of time that I, I greatly enjoy, and those are uh, The Game, The Edge, and Event Horizon. Great choices, every single one. The Edge, in particular. I mean, yeah, that's just like a thriller. It's like Jaws, but in Alaska and a grizzly bear. Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. Event Horizon is a a surprisingly scary and like cool sci-fi movie. Sam Neill does a pretty good job. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, um, just a good. If you're into the sci-fi stuff, that that's got to be at the top of your list. In the game, Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. Um, just a cool story. It's just a unique plot that you don't see these days. David Fincher um, directed. Who? David Fincher, director of Seven, Fight Club. Oh, okay. Social, so, yeah. Social Network, Gone yeah. Girl. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well I mean, that, that makes total sense then. I didn't even know that. But uh, to get to the final choice, Face Off. I mean. Perfect. Uh, Travolta, Nick Cage. I mean, anytime you got Nick Cage, it's going to fit the mold of uh, what's what's campy. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, again, like it's one of those perfect '90s movies where there's originality you don't see these days, which is like a, a cornerstone of, of the '90s entertainment. Uh, the original storyline, um, just the out super landish, unrealistic action. Like at the end when they're uh, fighting on the boat and they, like they hit something, and you, the next shot is they're somehow 50 feet higher in the air and like flying, <laughs> and then, then the next cut they're on a beach like still fighting and wrestling around like <laughs> and, and john travolta's stunt double is like 60 pounds lighter <laughs> yeah was that, a michael, was that a michael bay movie it had to have been but I, it's, I actually it's got know. his fucking paws all over it, if <laughs> it not. Does. but yeah it's uh, completely over the it's top a, but it's it, it, it hits all the points that we're we're focusing on the podcast it's enjoyable it's rewatchable it's campy um if it's a good movie or not that's a tough one. No, it's um, bad. It's a John Woo movie. It's bad, uh, Wes. It's bad. Oh. You know it's bad. It's if really Independence bad. Day is questionable, <laughs> if Independence Day is questionable, then Face Off is certainly bad. All right, I'll I will concede to that and and label it bad. Um. All right. Yeah. Great. Great choice, Wes. I I'm less certain about Andy's. Um. So I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch back on the list here because it's such a good year. 
fifth yeah, element is too good. You stabbed me in the back before when you said Devin White was better than Devin Bush. So we're just back to this again. It's okay. okay. Keep going. So we're going to go back to February, I see. Uh, yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so many good movies that year. Fifth Element and Boogie Nights are definitely good movies that hold up. Men in Black, yeah, we could touch on that. Austin Powers, Liar Liar, definitely easy to do that. I do want to touch on Air Force One, which is completely over the top as well, but yet a good rewatchable movie. Harrison Ford, one of his best. Um, I mean, the game, Con Air, Starship Troopers, and Con Air could have their own podcast. Um, (laughs) But for this one, um, oh, and The Edge, and also fucking Volcano. It's Tommy Lee Jones using city planning to defeat a volcano. It's a fucking volcano, and he uses clever city planning to defeat it. I suck so bad. That movie is so terrible. I, how can you respond to my shitty choice with volcano? I didn't respond with that. I'm just giving. I'm touching on it. That's not my choice. Only in the nineties can you. Only in the nineties can you exploit volcanoes as man's mortal enemy. They'll pop up in L.A. They'll pop up in the Northeast. They're they're just malicious fucking. Piles of this is what you need to be worried about in rural Missouri. Volcanoes. <laughs> uh, but that is not my choice. Um, I just I think it's worth mentioning because it's so fucking over the top. I'm going to go with The Lost World. One of the kind of less talked about Jurassic Parks, but Jeff Goldblum gets the lead. And Jeff Goldblum, honestly, children should have a day off of school just because Jeff Goldblum exists. It's full of great quotes. Vince Vaughn in one of his last really likable uh, roles. I forgot, I forgot Vaughn was in it. Oh, that. yeah, Vince Vaughn's in it. Julianne Moore's in it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's full of full of great quotes. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like The Lost World. Go back taking and rewatch di- it. Taking the dinosaurs to uh, inner city or, like, you know, residential was it was a good move yeah, yeah. i thought that was like a good way to advance the the story but a bad movie i think we can all agree all of our movies are bad movies here um yeah. Th- yes yeah did you say one of vince vaughn's last likable roles though? no no actually that started off the likable run i was okay mistaken. I, was, I was like jared let go pump the brakes come on yeah, wedding yeah. crashers absolves a lot of sin yeah yeah that was the start True. of his, his True. Run. yeah yeah but, okay uh, yeah I'm with you. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is a lead. I'm down for it every time. The movie in and of itself is bad, but one, I feel like I didn't like when I first saw it, but I kept coming back to it, and it got a little bit better and more enjoyable for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And special shout-out to Dante's Peak and Volcano for being the most absurd, and Con Air. All came out in 1997. Without a doubt, we're talking this is the peak of the 90s. There's no denying it. Like volcano movies were the hot thing. <laughs> That's hot right now. Volcanoes are hot. Uh, like we gotta Warner ride Brothers that. Brothers is doing a volcano movie. Then <laughs> uh, the people at Disney get a volcano. Get a volcano going. What's Kurt Russell doing? Get a volcano here. Stand. We got a volcano erupting in Boston. Kurt Russell, <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, 1997, the peak of good bad movies with that one. All right, moving on to 1998. I'll run us through the list. This is where it starts to kind of to turn. I think. Uh, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Armageddon, Blade, Rush Hour, The Mask of Zorro, The Waterboy, The Faculty, Half-Baked, U.S. Marshals, The Man in the Iron Mask. Uh, anyone want to take lead on this one? Wes, it's all you. Yeah, I, I, this one is an easier one for me. Uh, the Faculty. Great. Um... <laughs> That was mine. Yeah, uh, Josh Hartnett. It's got the cheesy horror movie. It's, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Who? Elijah Wood. John Stewart. 
Oh, Jesus. I, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, I've seen it enough times to have a, a pretty solid recollection of, of how enjoyable it is. Um, totally out there, you know, just a, a classic um, 90s horror movie. It has a good soundtrack, too. Um, you know, it's, it's just so crazy to think of, like, all these years, especially in the mid-90s and beyond, how, like, like much of a slam dunk the movie and soundtrack combo was. Yeah, that's a very good point. And this, um, this it's like a lost art. Um, maybe for better, maybe for worse, I don't know. But, like, something to be noted. It's noted. Let the record state. Let the record state. And I love the faculty. I, that was going to be my choice um, if someone else didn't choose it. But uh, I'll sneak in here. Yeah, I love the faculty. Sure. John Stewart is in it. It's completely yeah. ludicrous and over the top. Um, I'll go in this list. I was going to go faculty. Well done, Wes. So I'll go Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon is not a good movie. and uh, I hate that movie. Uh, and some people do. People are torn on this one. I am an Armageddon fan. More of a fan. deep impact guy. More of a deep impact guy. You're one of. <laughs> you're not both. You're one or the other. Uh, <laughs> deep impact bores the shit out of me, whereas Armageddon, I'm like, yeah, yeah well. I understand this is ridiculous, but it's the supporting roles that do it. Uh, you got Steve Buscemi in there. You got Owen Wilson in there. You got Liv Tyler. Billy Bob Thornton as the control operations manager. Um, the soundtrack, once again, ruled the day for that. Soundtrack was big. Um, it's without a doubt, other than the uh, that movie where they drilled at the center of the earth, it's the most like dissented scientific movie because of how outlandish it is. Uh, and that makes it a perfect choice for this. It's completely outlandish. Uh, Let me put it this way. Dante's peak is to deep impact as volcano is to armageddon that doesn't make any sense but it makes total sense. <laughs> i think dante's peak is a superior of, the, of, of violent volcano movies and deep impact is a superior uh asteroid earth killing movie all right interesting andy weigh in and your choice all right uh first on this hot debate <laughs> um, it's clearly, it, it's clear, like, as much as I want to disagree with Jared, just for shitting all over George of the Jungle, I mean, <laughs> I have to, I have to be here with them. I mean, it's Armageddon. It's, it's hands. They're jumping Armageddon. space rovers over Grand Canyon on the asteroid. With Owen fucking I'm Wilson. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. Like, uh, it's classic Michael Bay. It's got the super yeah. enjoyable meet the cast where they go around and see everybody. Um, Michael Clark Duncan is bare is fantastic. I mean. I mean, it's just, it's just like a fun ride. There's like one really cool shot where they like track a guy um, through the space station when they first dock and it's blowing up. It's like, wow, this is a great shot. This might be a good movie. It's like, no, it's a complete pile of shit, but it's like one stroke of genius in it. Um, peak Michael Bay, a lot of cocaine was involved in the making of that movie. Sure. And, uh, and I won't argue. <laughs> not enough. Um, my favorite is a Martin Campbell movie whose trio of action movies to his name are Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and my 1998 choice, The Mask of Zorro. Um, <laughs> love it. One of, I, mean, I love this movie so much. It's great Antonio Banderas, great Anthony Hopkins, straightforward revenge tale. Um, I don't know if how, like, how great of a movie it is, but Catherine Zeta-Jones is in her prime. Oh, oh yeah. And... Uh, no, this movie's fine. Fantastic sword fighting, fantastic action set pieces. I love The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, I mean, it is one, it like one of the great, movies. Great synopsis. Yeah, it was a fantastic synopsis. But yeah, if that's on, I'm not turning it off. 
that's peak anthony hopkins too peak anthony hopkins like uh i don't know i don't know what makes it so rewatchable it's campy it's kind of funny all the actors are likable in their roles it fits the role of what we're talking tonight perfectly great choice uh so we need to talk now did i already make my choice yes i did uh so good movies are all of our choices good movies wes Faculty. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna say yeah. I uh, for a horror for the genre it was in and the time and place, I'm gonna say it's good. I will agree with you. I will say only, that it- only in that time and, and genre though. Like, um, it's good for horror movies in the late '90s. But and that's that- my counterpoint. That's my counterpoint. It's good for late horror movies in the so, '90s. Say it's a '90s. So I guess like it's good with an asterisk. I'll, I'll say that. It's tough, but at the same time, I could see going back on that one and being like, yeah, I enjoyed that. It's an enjoyable movie in any decade, so that's a tough one. That's that's definitely a tough one. Armageddon's it's a trash. option I'm putting good with an asterisk. Yeah, Armageddon's trash with no asterisks. Yeah, it's just it's like lit on fire. Um, garbage trash. Uh, Mask of Zorro. Rather watch tough. the rats. Tough. I would say good movie. I would say Mask of Zorro is a good movie. If we're giving Independence Day good movie, Mask of Zorro is a good movie. I'm with you. That's fair. Yep, that's fair. All right, I think you're up, Andy, to run us through 1999, last year. 99, we have Deep Blue Sea, Varsity Blues, Any Given Sunday, The Mummy, Fight Club, The Matrix, Galaxy Quest, which was almost my selection. I'm going to jump in here first for no reason at all because no one's going to pick this movie besides me. Um, This movie is terrible in every way, shape, and form. It is outrageous. It makes no sense. It is stupid, and I watch it weekly. Um, And that is Wild Wild West. Great (laughs) soundtrack. Peak Willie. I mean, Kenneth Branagh has a goddamn spider beard, just a paraplegic, um, with like works with like super hot henchwomen at all times named Munitia. So um, <laughs> yeah, that was all I ever needed from the nineties. Uh, yeah, man, that, that's I didn't see that one coming. I've, what I a, a lot choice. of curveballs. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 feeling the curve. <laughs> you can't be mad about it. I mean, they approached Kenneth Branagh and said you're going to be in increasingly large spiders throughout this, but you'll have no legs or any bottom half. And he's like, "Yeah, you know what? I think this is the movie for me. Increasingly large spiders." <laughs> this movie made 220 million dollars, by the oh, way. Oh, it was absolute smash. <laughs> yeah, what a smash hit. Yeah, great choice, uh, especially for this discussion. All right, Wes, what do you got? Um yeah, so so getting ready for this podcast, I pretty much uh, stuck to the the options you guys listed, minus a few. Um, so for what I'm looking at here, uh, any given Sunday does it for me. I want to say Varsity Blues, but um, I think it, it's a little too mainstream for me to give a good good um, review on. But any given Sunday, I mean, it's sports, it's action, it's sex, it's violence, it's drugs. I mean, <laughs> I mean, goddamn. There's an eyeball on the field. Al Pacino's speech about life's a game of inches. Game I mean, of inches. If that doesn't make your balls tingle, then go see a doctor. <laughs> I love it. I'm not mad about it. Throw a sports movie in here. Fuck, we're a sports podcast. We can at least throw some sports in there. Uh, I like Sick. both of the choices. Uh, any given Sunday holds up, too. Uh, for me, this is a no-brainer. And it's right up there with Independence Day and Tremors because this, for me, closed out the 90s with a movie that I rewatch, I'd say, once a month. Like, it's almost like medicine for me, and that's The Mummy. Uh, 1999. Uh, you do that. 
dude, it this movie, it's adventure at its finest. Brendan Fraser has no business being a lead actor other than he had a great head of hair and looked like it looked I mean looked good at the time, but he nails the fucking role. Everyone that is given a role in that, there's no huge names in this movie, but everyone nails their role, everyone does their part, it's over the top, it's extremely quotable, like, your strength gives me strength, Benny, the fucking, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Hey, you, you have Rachel Vice in this, that's a pretty big name. That's a big name, that's your biggest name in this, is Rachel Vice. but you get Benny, like, hey O'Connell, looks like someone has all of the horses, hey Benny, looks like someone's on the wrong side of the river, I, mean, I love that River's too long, drawn-out syllables, oh, too, like, beautiful. really long syllables. It's beautiful. It's quotable. It's rewatchable. Uh, this is peak 90s for me. This, Stargate, Tremors, and Independence Day, they sum it up for me. Um, honorable mention for this year, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Oh, my God. So that that's too good. I think that's just, like, it's just a good. university, like, that's got to be a top ten comedy yeah. movie for most most guys our age. I mean, yeah. I, I was insane having a... Gay love affair with the devil. I mean, yeah, like, so much. I mean, like, I wasn't even into the show before watching the movie, and then I watched the movie, and it was just, I was just blown away. Like, yeah. Terrence and Philip, like, hello, Brick Shales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. So, yeah, hello, Conan, hello, Brick Shields. <laughs> 1999 was absolutely loaded. Ended the year really well. Um, Galaxy Quest, yeah, that one deserves talking about as well. Uh, Wes, you wanted to give a shout-out to 2000's movie, American Psycho. I will allow it now. <laughs> um, when you said The Mummy, though, it, it sparked two movies that I think um, were unfairly left out of, of the whole conversation, and those are Encino Man and Biodome. <laughs> Biodome, peak Stephen Baldwin, long yeah. Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin in a yeah, race. so I, I just don't want them to feel left out. So they, they, <laughs> Let's they, make the, sure. They have been added to the record. But, um, yeah, this is 2000, but American Psycho, I mean, it's really a movie that kind of shaped me as a human being. Um, it, I'm concerned. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. <laughs> Logging off. <laughs> No, it's something. Uh, it is, is. I wanted to mention it because it, it's share, Jared and I have a lot of history. Um, probably made us better friends in 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 uh, the scheme of things. But I don't know what happened. But we, Jared and I, and some friends, like one summer, I was home from college, like just smoking a lot of weed, and and sure. we watched American Psycho, and just started dying laughing. Like I, we had all seen it before, I'm sure. But probably didn't understand that it's a pure insanity and lunacy of, of the movie and and the dialogues and, and the acting. Um, but seeing it as more of an adult in the adult years, like I just have such an appreciation for how um, psycho Christian Bale is. He's he's now probably you know my top modern actor. But I mean, just the soundtrack, the drugs, the the, the quotes. Um, and you know, there, you still see American psycho memes out there today, like on social media, like it's definitely like the, all, it doesn't fit in with the nineties because no. it's, it's just doesn't like fit in with anything we've discussed, but I it's place as a cult classic, like is one of the best. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's just so fucking funny. Yeah. Dude, once you start viewing it as a dark comedy, it's a totally different mute yeah. movie. Like once you realize it's a comedy, I, uh, it, 
I, I totally agree with you, man. Throughout, throughout my life, I found I get along with people much better that like American Psycho. And that's what I it like, was then, too. I can't think of one person I know that is liked American Psycho. I'm like, that guy's a douchebag. Like, no. <laughs> that's definitely a qualification. Um, A couple 2000 movies that also fit the mold of the 90s. Okay. Being just flat-out bad, enjoyable, or rewatchable. Uh, uh, definitely went with, like, the off-the-wall ones that fit this. Um, gone in 60 seconds, yep, which sure. is just peak Nick Cage, ladies man with Tim Meadows, which is just bad, but it's Tim Meadows, ready to rumble and bedazzled more Brendan Fraser for you and prime Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. You really like the shitty movies, Andy. I think that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I gave, you a, the, I gave you a uh, list with were, like, what were the nineties? The nineties were shit movies that we rewatch every day. But like, I gave on. you a list that had like Jurassic Park and you're like, I'm gonna pass up Jurassic Park and Demolition Man and go for George of the fucking jungle. Yeah, absolutely. You said Armageddon for God's sake. So I gotta back Andy on that one. Armageddon's garbage. Armageddon is garbage. But if it's on, you're telling me you're not gonna watch it. I cried when Bruce Willis did his Skype call to his daughter. I cried. All right. Well, um, this was out of the blue this week, everybody. So <laughs> Jesus Christ, we got to get out of here. But uh, that is. I hate you. That, that is gonna wrap it up. Um, I enjoyed this discussion, boys. This was good. This I mean, it's been great, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on here and um, um, let me tell the world about my music. And and you know, this list of movies is just unfucking believable. Like, dude, I have I have no no. I just hope I get a tornado or thunders for the next month so i can just have an excuse to to watch all these movies yeah i mean these great list of movies run back through them anytime i'm um, glad to have you on west uh thank you again yeah. for um, just letting us use the music man coming here and shooting the shit with us for way too long i mean we're probably down to our nitty-gritty listeners including um my wife has probably turned it off by now, but um, thanks to everyone that stuck around. Uh, you can find Wes's music on Spotify. We always link at the bottom of our articles. Follow him on Twitter. Interact with us. We're always here to talk bad movies. Absolutely, man. And uh, if you didn't stick around, I mean, you really missed out. Cause, uh, I mean, this is, this is quality. This one is, of the better conversations I've had in 2019, is, I'd say. This is quality content. I mean, I mean, you're <laughs> sitting there. You don't know which movies are bad and good in the 1990s. We pretty much just laid it out for you in, in an hour and ten. Yeah, I mean, good or bad? Like, is there a difference in the 90s? No. I think, I think that's like the, the, the summary is like, is – there really is no no specific line in the sand. And that's what the 90s did. And we'll go back, we'll do some other decades, and we'll talk other decades. But as far as good, bad movies, I'm convinced 90s yeah. is the king. That's the epitome of good, bad. It is the epitome of it. And, uh, yeah, to echo what Andy said, Wes, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you doing all the music, man. Um, make sure you follow my boy Wes on Spotify. Um, I mean, he's on YouTube. We're going to link to him. Uh, Wes, any any final shout-outs? I mean, I know you got that new single. Shout it out. Yeah, so the last single I put out on June 7th is Many Ways. Um, it's another funky hip-hop title type song. I got um, Duke Sims of the band Shinobi Ninja on lead vocals and uh, my buddy Kosha Dills to rap a, a double verse. And um, it, it started out, um, I had a leftover bass section from Peanut, 311's bassist. It's a little... Fun, fun fact behind the story that I haven't really put out there. Um, he, he wrote this like harmonic slap bass line 
for my second single one one that he did based on the whole song on but um it was just too out there and too like too good to be honest <laughs> to really fit it into a song in in one of one but i was like well i'll find a way to make it work because i'm not going to just let it a leftover riff from peanut my favorite bass of all time just just go in the vaults so I went in the studio, I had some ideas written around it, and I went in with my producer, and we tried to twist it every which way, and it was just like, it, this is just something that would have to exist on its own, and, and the, that's its song, and that's the song. So um, ended up using one of the riffs I came up with and just built a whole new song around that. So that was kind of a cool way that song came together that is unique to that song. I've never... Usually I go into the studio with like a song pretty much well fleshed out and you just start recording it. But this one was really open. Um, I had an initial idea that didn't work out and kind of pivoted and improvised in the studio from there. And then it blossomed, blossomed into uh, what it is now. So it was, a, it was a fun process. Dude, I love the song. I pretty much, I mean, I, I tell you every song I love, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also real with you, and this is a great track. We're going to play it as our outro for this. Make sure you stick around, listen to it. Uh, Wes, we're super appreciative of you being on the show. Uh, thanks for sticking around and talking a bunch of nonsense with us. I'm Jared. That's Andy. That's Wes Anderson, our guest star for the night. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, no. go blue. Sometimes... Life can be stressful sometimes, but you know, I got the positive vibes and faith that everything is going to be great. Blessings and love for all the people of the world. Keep your head up. Life goes in many ways.
life it goes, life it goes, life it goes.